0: Startup life, entrepreneurship, innovation. Welcome to the Started at KBC podcast. Hi guys, my name is Magali Dru, tech blogger and community manager for Started at KBC. As a startup interviewer, I know there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there struggling to find the right talent for their startup. That's why I decided to invite Michael van der Meersen, data and digital manager at Started KBC's partner Jobat and Maarten Verschuren's CEO at Clever. Together, we'll be going through the ins and outs of hiring the right talent. Hello guys. With the job market changing every day, how hard do you think it is to attract the right talent for your startup these days?
1: It's not easy, that's for sure. Um, especially when I look at Clever, we have a combination of profiles. So, we develop uh, intelligent chatbots for customer service applications. So, we need, on the one hand, software developers, but also conversational developers, and then data scientists. So, there are three technical profiles, sort of less, uh, which are in very high demand, of course. So, it's not easy. I think. Um, you know, being in Ghent is not easy as well because we have Showpad next to us, um, but we manage.
0: And how do you try to make a difference compared to scale-ups like Showpad?
1: Well, I think working at a startup is is a unique experience. Uh, you know, when I graduated, I think the word startup was not invented yet, um, and it seemed obvious to go to a bigger company. I think working at a startup is something unique, and as a A fresh graduate, there's something you can learn there where you cannot learn anywhere. So for starters, really starting graduates, I think it's a perfect place to start.
0: All right. Uh, Michael, how has the digital landscape changed recruiting?
2: Well, there's definitely a big change. uh, If you you take into consideration mobile, for example, Uh, we can see that uh, a lot of yeah, a lot of millennials nowadays they 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 look at jobs through their mobile phones. Uh, in terms of traffic, if I look at job ads, there's already forty percent of all of our traffic that uh, comes through mobile. So this is something definitely also as a startup that you should take into account uh, when you when you try to hire candidates. You should be yeah aware that your platform should also be mobile ready and uh, that. Yeah, that's the, the hiring uh, the, the hiring process. The step for solicitation should be as short as possible. So I think mobile is uh, definitely one of the yeah the big changes. And also um, in terms of yeah recruitment, it's it's just uh, getting more and more complex. I was also uh, talking to Martin uh, just now. And he also acknowledged that yeah, the digital landscape is really broad. So there's lots of new channels on the market. It's not uh, <coughs> the I. We are generalist job boards, but there are so many other channels out there to communicate with candidates. There's like online forums, uh, yeah. video, lots of different formats. So I think nowadays it's it's getting more and more complex.
0: All right, um, so Martin, tell me, what do you believe to be the most common hiring pitfalls and more importantly, how do you avoid them?
1: Yes, well, um, first of all, I think uh, as a startup, you you will make all the mistakes, uh, even though people like me will tell you what those mistakes are. I know this because we made them ourselves. So I think there are three major pitfalls um, every startup will face when they're hiring. First of all, uh, when, I, when we started hiring, we looked at the skills of the people, and we were in desperate need of good skills, so we, I basically fell in love with every candidate who had the right skill set, regardless of their personality, and there were cases where I hired people, not many, but they existed, where you know that, okay, this doesn't seem really like a fun guy, but he has the right skill sets. and in the end, you realize you have to work together as a team with this person, so... The skills are okay, but if the personality is not there, that's a major pitfall because people impact the culture massively. So if you don't attract the right people that fit into your culture, that's a big mistake. That's one thing, the right personality. Um, Another thing is not having a strategy is looking short term. Oh, we have to fix one thing. We have to think we have a short thing uh, that we need to fix. We need to hire somebody. We need to find somebody. Um, That's a mistake. There are other ways to fill gaps of short recruitment needs, you can work with freelancers and so on. There's no need to hire people straight on. Um, You need to have a strategy long term, who are the right people for your company? What is the skill set you need? What is the the personality you need to fit into culture? So they have to think out a strategy before they start hiring. And then the third mistake is not using all the options of getting funding for recruitment. um, the the belgian government offers a lot of possibilities to actually subsidize a part of the salary of new hires like the kmo gru subsidy from vlayo or the VdAB ebo uh, arrangement. there's a lot of things you can do to hire people um, pretty cost efficiently and that's something you know if you're not aware of it it will cost you a lot of money to hire people and it's, it's a good way to do it
0: so after you went through uh, those challenges, how, did you, uh, how have you ultimately managed to build a solid team for your startup?
1: Yes. So what for us has appeared to be very important was using our network. So our network of, of clients. Um, we had one ma- massive client who said, look, we have a big project for you. And by the way, we can actually recommend a guy who could probably do it. So that was our first hire. So that was Michael. And, uh, because he was already validated by our clients, that was, that was, you know, a big help and he was very talented. So we were very fortunate, fortunate to have him. And then we looked at our interns and there was one guy in specific, specifically Michiel, he was our second hire, who was a really fun guy and really challenged us in the field. I think purely based on his resume, I would never have hired him, but because I saw him as an intern. Um, he, he proved himself on the work floor what he could do so uh, it was an easy decision and then in the end we used the network of Michael and Michiel to hire other people so
0: like a snowball effect
1: it's a snowball effect yeah, it's a referral uh, yeah it's like a referral program yeah so in the end we, we're not using um, you know we don't have a recruitment strategy we don't have real media plans we don't invest in ads and so on um, but we invest in creating the right culture, doing a lot of marketing in general, attracting a lot of interns. And then uh, because of the marketing, people will find us, our clients will recommend people. And now we have a team that have good connections. And once people are referred to, you kind of know it's, it's a guarantee. So when you refer up a friend, uh, you actually put your reputation on the line to say, this is a good guy. So it's, I think it's the best way for startups to, to build a solid team. And a team that's also culturally in the right mindset because they already know each other. Yeah.
0: Michael, what's your opinion uh, on this? Because, um, well, do you believe referral programs are the best way to go about it?
2: Yeah, if we look at studies, uh, I think uh, friends, families are uh, the, the second highest source that candidates get in touch with a new job opportunity. The first one is your corporate job site or your corporate website. So I also think it's very important to invest in creating good stories on your own websites uh, to, to tell what makes you unique as, a, as an employer, uh, to create valuable stories towards candidates, uh, useful, useful content, things they can learn, uh, they can learn stuff. And that's definitely gonna help you to, to create a positive image and reputation. So what I do believe is that today, definitely in this, this, there's a lot of scarcity on the labor market. Uh, The candidates, they are now in the driver's seat. They have plenty of jobs to choose from. It's it's really turned into a candidate market these days. So I think for employers today, it's really important to stand out and to, to create unique content. do that perfectly on your own website by using also social media create video stories that's also going to appeal towards your future hires probably so
1: yeah definitely
0: and do you guys think a startup needs more specialists or generalists
1: i think at the very start you need uh, a generalist you need to because you need to be able to do anything i think uh, every founder especially will face with having to deal with administration, HR, finance, legal, and so on. and so. On. If you don't have a mind that can deal with a very broad aspect of everything that's business, um, it will be very, very difficult for you to get there. On the other hand, as a startup as well, you need to be the very best in what you do. Um, if you're an average company as a startup, you will definitely not survive. So,
0: how, do you find the, find, how do you find the balance between those two
1: I think if you have, if you want to grow structurally, you need generalists who can, uh, you know, think about customers, think about operations and so on. So if you uh, think about project managers, for example, they they should be generalists. But if I think about, you know, my full stack developers, my data scientists, um, these guys are just experts in what they do, you know, they... They're the best, and I don't want that to ask them, like, do this administration piece or, you know, go to the mail and try to get some admin done. Um, no, they need to focus on their job because they're the very best at what they do. And then we have supporting roles that are generalists. So it's, it's
0: a mix, know, combination. It's of a
1: mix. And the right mix, I guess, depends on, on your business model. Um, I'm a fan of specialists because I believe that everybody you hire has to be better than yourself. So... And that's when I look at my team, I think the data scientist I hired, he's a better data scientist than I am. The developer I hired is a better developer. The marketeer is, you know, that's, argu- that's arguable, but he's a better marketeer than I am uh, because they're specialists. I'm more of a, a generalist. And um, when you look at the people, they need to be either, they need to be better than you um, or they need, they, they, they need to have the potential to to be better than you
0: so you're talking about potential Um, should startups hire for experience or for potential
1: they need to hire for ability so um i think we have a good mix of, of younger people and older people um and the key focus was ability so you have a job that needs to be done and that needs to be done perfectly uh a startup You know is is a place where you learn a lot but it's not a school it's not a you know the purpose is not education the purpose is delivering projects delivering a good solution so um, I don't want anybody to come into my company and say well this is nice I'm going to learn a lot and deliver not much Uh, so that I'm not interested in I'm not of course high potentials are cool but they need to have the ability today to deliver already and uh, because I think in bigger companies you can spend more time just learning and trying different stuff. For a startup, if we fail to deliver projects, we can die. Uh, so, for me as a you know as the lead of, of my startup, I look at what ability has this person and how well they deliver value today for us. Uh, because it's a matter of survival and. Um, If they have high potential, that's cool because that's the way a startup grows. If they have the expertise, um, then they will, you know, bring in potentially more ability already today. But of course, the growth will be less.
0: Um, Uh, Michael, to what extent can experience or potential be relied upon?
2: Well, I think experience is one thing, but it's definitely not the holy grail. Uh, I think skills are getting more and more important instead of just recent uh, experience. Uh, also, again, given the scarcity on the labor market, companies they, today, they have to make some uh, concessions, I think. Uh, there's not... I, the, the pool of candidates is scarce, so I think today if, if a candidate can, uh, can service 70% of the requests... I think today a lot of companies are already open to give the candidate a chance and to give them training on the field. It's of course, depending on uh, yeah the type of, of uh, profile you're looking for, but that's just a trend that we see today uh, that also experiences one thing, but I think culture fits, team fits, and the core competences, the core, core skills are really important. Does this person have the potential to grow in in the direction that you want to as a company. So, yeah.
0: Do you believe startups should use more data and analytics to make the best hiring decisions?
2: Ideally, yes, they should. Uh, But of course, uh, I can imagine in their context, they just want to, yeah, they, they want to focus on their core business. So I don't think that some startups will always have the time to follow up all the the data analytics in terms of recruitment. So what I I would suggest is that if you want to focus on your business, you can perfectly outsource it to professionals. There's lots of companies who can do that for you, like us, for example. But uh, ideally, yes, I think uh, analytics are very important also when it comes to uh, looking at which channel brings in the most conversions. If you, you put out a, a recruitment campaign through different channels, it's definitely worth looking at which channels brought in how many candidates. But quantity is one thing. I think quality is much more important. If you have to scan these candidates, see which channel brought in
1: the most quality candidates.
0: Um, Martin, tell me, when's the right time for a founder to start out outsourcing responsibilities?
1: I think as soon as you can afford it, so uh, cash flow is king and definitely in startups, so of course it kind of seems easy to say like look let's just hire the best people we can find, uh, but the truth is of course you cannot always afford it, uh, and that's why you have to you know, out, outsource your uh, responsibilities step by step, so the first thing I outsourced basically was, uh, giving that data science task to a specialist, the data scientist. That was the first investment. Then when we had a little bit more money, we could, uh, you know, hire a marketeer that could really do that. But today I'm still doing a lot of things. I'm, uh, I'm still doing all the, the legal stuff, all the finance stuff, uh, a lot of the project management stuff. So, but as soon as we get bigger. Um, you know, as soon as we can afford it, I'll be very happy. I will be excited to, uh, to hand out those responsibilities. I think I heard once that as a, as a CEO, your job is to, in a, in a, in a grow company, your, go, your job is to, to fire yourself as much as you can. So in the perfect world, we have really good people specialized in their fields. Um, and that's where I want to go. I want to have experts in every area of the business, um, but cash is king. So we need to keep that in mind.
0: And how about people management? Are you good at this?
1: That's a difficult question. Um, I think I'm uh, good in the way that, you know, I like, uh, my team to be, uh, to have the same atmosphere as a, like a football team, like, you know, we are one team we have the same goal uh, we want to win we have to work together and i'm very strict on be, having being working respectfully having integrity and so on and so on so i think i'm a i'm a good boss in the sense that i try to create the right culture where everybody you know can be himself and uh, has to contribute to the to the company
0: but how do you decide what kind of culture you want to implement
1: The people, well, you decided yourself. That's the, that's the one that's actually the biggest benefit of being a founder. Um, you can choose which company you want to make. Um, if you want to, if your goal is to create a machine and, you know, make a lot of money and forget about culture, it's a choice you can make and it's something that could work. I just want to have, I think making money is important, but having fun at it is at least as important. So uh, I get very upset when on Friday there's no beer in the house. And that's the thing. As a founder, you can, you can decide if that's a priority or not. So uh, without doubt, there will be founders who get upset about other things as well. But if there's one thing they should know about me on Friday, and my entire team knows that, there has to be beer in the office. Uh, and that's just one example uh, why I think I'm probably a good people manager. On the other hand, I'm a terrible uh, Micromanager, uh, like when people are stuck in projects, I'm like, you know, encourage them, but I don't offer any solutions. So uh, that's why that part of the management we did try to outsource.
0: As a founder, how do you know uh, when it's time to uh, to start hiring an HR or a people manager? Um, have you been there yet?
1: Well, um, it's a uh, thing. I was not looking for it, but then, like I said, I'm not a good micromanager, so we hired a project manager because we know that like, if we, want, if we need to grow, if we want to scale, we need to have somebody who's really organized, who knows how to plan the resources and so on. And that person had a natural gift for, you know, organizing the whole HR thing. So she came to me and said like, look, I want that responsibility. So I was not looking for it, but I think we're, um, will be eight people now and this is probably the right time so it was a very organic way of developing the team like they were uh, they started to complain with me like like how, how do we know how can we book our vacation days and so on and I was like well I have no idea I would I'd have to look it up so I felt the needs I saw the need of the team um, and this new person just said like look I'm going to take this responsibility, and from now on, we're eight people. Uh, it will be a nice process, so everybody knows how all the HR stuff works. Um, so for us, it was a, like a natural step, which I can't say it was my idea, but it seems to be working pretty well.
2: And if I can, I think in general the rule is that there is only a separate HR manager for from about 30 to 50 employees, like a part-time HR. Most companies, and from 100. Uh, Employees, mostly there's a full-time HR manager. That's what I heard.
0: All right. Um, Do you guys believe that the mantra, hire slow, fire fast, is good advice?
2: Well, actually, it uh, all depends on the type of profile you're looking for. I think uh, as a startup, you should definitely be picky because everybody that you hire is going to help grow your business. So it's going to have an effect on... Uh, the long-term success of your company but um, I think it's a bit of a gut feeling if, if, if it feels good uh, if you don't doubt just go for it you shouldn't wait too long because otherwise uh, those candidates are going to go to another company but um, as a startup I think sometimes yeah considering the markets you are obliged to take quick decisions unfortunately definitely if you are scaling up but um I think uh, acting fast is definitely
1: important as well these days.
0: How about you Martin?
1: Yeah, I think firing fast is definitely, that's definitely true. So if there's a a person that affects your culture and is under delivering, um, you will, you will notice as a manager and actually the first time you have doubts, but firing fast is the way to go. There's no doubt about it. Even though workload might increase the whole team will be more happier and you will be relieved uh, as a manager too. In terms of hiring, for the same reason, I think it's, it's dangerous to hire the wrong people because it affects your culture, um, so I'm not a, really a fan of hiring fast, but I'm a fan of when you have the right people in front of you, like stop the recruiting process and just hire immediately. Go for it, yeah. okay.
0: Um, and my final questions, uh, freelancers or full-time employees, how do you make the right choice?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. I Think, uh, in every company now, uh, it has to be a good balance, like full-time employees, they are definitely necessary to build up experience internally. Uh, also I think they're very necessary in functions that are necessary for your core business. They will also be growing together with your company, but freelancers, yeah, they give you an extra scale of flexibility. So you can definitely hire a skill set specific uh, for specific projects that can help you set up things more faster, even for a specific uh, period of time. And what I do believe is that it's very important to have a good network of freelancers uh, as a startup. Uh, today, I think the trend in HR is like you should go for blended workforces and uh, find the perfect balance between full-time employees, uh, contractors, freelancers, and
1: get your power team together. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, the way we work is actually we when we see that there's a need for a new skill or extra skill. My first step is always to have a freelancer at it, just maybe a couple of days a week, uh, because usually those guys are really good at what they do. So the ability is proven. Um, if they are rubbish people, you can just you know stop the contract immediately without any, any risks. Uh, and if it seems that we have enough work to fill up uh, full time, then it's the time for us to hire an extra employee. So um, instead of hiring people like building our work or full-time workforce too fast we start with freelancers and if we see like okay this is going to be uh they're going to be a need to have a full-time person on this then we hire of course there's also the case of uh you know the outsourcing to uh, overseas so there are freelancers technical profiles in india in ukraine and so on you know people don't like to talk about it because it's it's almost value destruction for the, for the Belgian market. But for some profiles that are so scarce, you can easily, uh, you can really easily find very cheap people to build you an MVP or help you with small types of projects um, overseas. And I think it's an interesting evolution. There are companies who just, uh, you know, do this more and more and more where the amount of freelancers Increases significantly. I don't think it's a good idea because you don't grow a culture. You don't grow engagement as a company when you do this, but on the other hand, it could be extremely cost effective and it could help you to build a product very quickly.
0: I know I said it was my last question, but it turns out I have an extra question. Um, you know, started at KBC. I started at KBC. We uh, invest in diversity. Um, I'm wondering how important do you think that is? Uh, building a diverse uh, team with different cultures.
2: Yeah, uh, I think it's very, very good to have different uh, type of of. Like, people in your, in your business, because they can learn from each other. I think it's like a synergy It can only enforce each other. Uh, if you, if you can see different angles, if you can see problems, problems, solutions from different angles, it can only help you to, to,
1: to get more insights. Yeah, I agree. I've actually, before I found it clever, uh, I've always worked it, uh, as a consultant abroad. So I lived in, in London and in Paris and in us. And I was always kind of the odd guy out. But in London, we worked in in an international company and it was all types of nationalities working together. And, you know, the vibe you get from these guys is is amazing because other perspectives, it's really interesting. Now, looking at my own company, I see, uh, you know, we have eight people we have, you know, in terms of diversity, we had, there's one lady. So that's the level of diversity we have for the rest. They're all, uh, you know, basically Ghent people, I'm definitely pro multicultural people. I think, uh, you know, from all uh, colors and beliefs and kinds and and sorts. But of course, my first thing is ability and culture. And uh, I think it would be very cool to have people with different backgrounds and so on. But for me, it's not a priority. So uh, I focus, my focus is to build a product to go forward, to build a fun company that delivers good products. and I hope we can get really interesting people to work with us. But I'm, if I have to choose between uh, somebody with a, you know, a different ethnicity, uh, but lower ability, I will always go for the, for the best ability, so.
0: All right, beautiful. Um, that was it. Um, thank you for joining our podcast about hiring. Um, if you wanna know more, uh, you guys, I advise you to subscribe to our blog or newsletter. Thank you. This podcast is made possible thanks to our strategic partners, KBC, Telenet, the Kronos Group, Accenture, Mobile Vikings, Flanders DC, Join, IMAC and the University of Antwerp.